Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's another week. It's another episode of Sensi Brewcast, which means I'm the gnarly gnome, and you are listening to your favorite show in the world now. Um, unless somebody forced this upon you, and you're now staring grumpily at whatever podcast player you use. Um, in that case, I'm sorry. Um, keep listening or switch over to Joe Rogan or whatever else you uh, yes. listen to. We are celebrating today. We are at BC's Montgomery. It's a two-year anniversary. I don't understand how that's possible that it's already been two years, but um, congratulations, guys. Apparently, time flies when you're having fun. That's, <laughs> I've heard that said before. Uh, yeah, I, can, I can't believe it's been two years. Either. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to dive into lots of stuff about... Um, kind of this whole idea. I know we, we've talked about it kind of in passing here and there on the show, but we've never really gotten a chance to really sit down and dive down with just just you guys. Um, but let's start uh, um, with drinking some beer because that's what we do. Right. Um, I just closed it now. <laughs> From the beer fridge. Um, what are you guys drinking? Uh, in my glass is the uh, Masthead uh, Wet Work. So it's their uh, Fresh Hop uh, Double IPA. Right. It's uh, fantastic. I'm a huge fan of fresh hop beers, like the, the whole wet hop seasonal thing. I absolutely love it. I'm on board as well. Um, um, I, I wish people would, uh, number one, do more of them locally, and number two, when they do them, yell about them louder so that people know that they're there. I think sometimes they just kind of fly under the radar and nobody talks about them, even at the brewery, and that's that's a shame because I love them. Harvest, harvest season for hops is uh, is the best season. I I love Oktoberfest beers, and so when when that season kind of kicks in, I get really excited about Oktoberfests. Um, and I, even me loving the, the the fresh wet hop kind of stuff, like right. I I kind of skip yeah, over awesome. it. I don't talk about it loud enough because it really is like the real true seasonal. Well, I think the they season. come and go so quickly. Yeah, right. Like they're they're. I mean, they're it, it's the shortest seasonal beer, I think that exists. Well, I mean, and it's, it's it's not like. Uh, what I like about it, not only the uh, seasonal nature of it, but, you know, the, the, the time that it's on tap, it's all like a real thing. It's not like something that people are just deciding, oh, well, we're just going to keep this on tap for a month or, oh, it's just, we're going to put it on in October or whatever it may be. No, it has to be that because that's when the hops are being harvested. No, it has yeah. to go quick because it's dictated by the season. makes yeah. it. Yeah. yeah that's unless, I mean. unless you're Sierra Nevada and you have that thing where you have the distilled hop oils or whatever. What was that beer they made that, uh. Um, supposedly was like a wet hot beer, but they could do it year round. Wasn't that a that was the it's, hop oil torpedo? Wasn't it? I don't no. know what it was. It was called it something. It was else. called hop something. Hop hop hash. No, that's no, a, no, sweet it's a whole water different beer. one. That's yeah. sweet water. Uh, <laughs> yep. All these beers. <laughs> um, Too many. Um, I'm going to need to try that before uh, I leave today. What are you drinking? Uh, so I also went fresh hop, but I went with the uh, Hubbard's Cave Fresh Hop uh, Centennial. It looks like some kind of uh, murky juice. <laughs> it is a little murky. It's uh, it's murky juice. I mean, that's the best way to describe that's it. That's actually a really good name for a, uh, a New England IPA, murky right? juice. Somebody has to have used that at this point. We, um, could, we could easily check that out. And then I, I went with the um, the Paths Worn from uh, 50 West since uh, I think it's being released in bottles today. It is. Um, and since I'm not there, I will do my part to help support. There we go. <laughs> by yeah. drinking it. Um it's awesome. I, I think, don't think they're getting enough credit uh, recently of uh, no, the stuff that they're putting a, out. They're, they're doing some really incredible stuff. Especially for their funky program. Yeah, their, right. their uh, Saison Sour program is uh, is really jumping off. I mean, with that, that last bottle release they did, I thought, thought everything was uh, solid, like really good uh, quality liquid. And that one just follows it up really well. They're using some really strange fruits in that series too. The the, the Buddha's finger or whatever last time, and this time they're doing some kind of 
I don't even know pea, what that pea, pea berry is, right? or something. I don't know. I don't know what it pea is. Berry? Pea berry? Pea <laughs> berry. It's like butterfly pea in there, uh, urine now. It's b- <laughs> berry urine. Is that but, a squashed berry? Is that mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about BCs. So, um, you guys start when did um when did westchester open up how long ago was that so that was uh march 2016 so, so it's almost up, four years we're coming up on four yeah i know it's that's that absolutely blows my mind it makes me feel kind of like old or something like i you know it feels like it was just <laughs> right it, it, i mean it makes me feel old too like, because it feels like it was yesterday and like honestly i didn't have gray hair until we started this thing so <laughs> it makes me feel old it's not in your beard yet, so that's good. Uh, are you picking those? You gotta look close enough. <laughs> You're not I, dying. Your I, beard, hide you? I hide them. I hide them just for men, right? Caleb. Yeah, just for men. Every morning he gets up and like uh, adjusts his beard so yeah. that the gray hairs are tucked they're, behind. They're the actually ends. all in the back. Can it's a lift, comb over. Can you lift your head up? It's a comb <laughs> over. <laughs> comb over beard. Um, how did this idea? We, I think we've probably talked about that on the show before, but how did this all um, come about? How did you guys decide that you know what this is what we're going to do? We're gonna we're not gonna open a brewery. We're not gonna you know do that whole thing that everybody thinks is the cool thing to get into the industry. We want to open a. Uh, I mean, a, a bottle shop is not even the right way to describe what it is. A uh, we, I mean, we call it a tap room and, and bottle shop, right? Like, so it's it's got both both components to it, where you know you, you get your draft offerings, but we also have the uh, to go package right. available. Um, well, I, I think it started because we were we were terrible at brewing. So <laughs> that was one that, that, doesn't, was, that doesn't stop some people. That, well, <laughs> it stopped us. It that, that wasn't a viable yeah. option. Yeah. Um, and actually, we. This started because of a, a bottle shop in Mason called Craft Point. I don't know if you remember Craft mm-hmm. Point. Yeah. Um, Caleb was uh, was doing the tastings up there on a weekly basis. I was a regular that just was there every Thursday drinking beer and trying new stuff. And we just we we developed a relationship, became really good friends, and uh, saw how poorly that place was ran. And decided that we could do it better. Is it still there? It is not. It no. is not. They've been closed for probably close to three years now. Oh, I think wow. they closed our first year open. Uh, no, or been, right around been, there. It's been longer than that. They they ended up switching owners ownership. Yeah, they sold to, I think, whoever owns uh, White Oak, White Oak I remember, Marathon. I think I remember that. And I think, they just I think the ran, shop had been yeah. so run into the ground at that point that... Uh, it was hard to bring it back. Yeah. And and so we we witnessed firsthand how a poorly run bottle shop can be and still and still be profitable right um and i, I think we really just decided that we love beer <laughs> and we could do that's, it better that's right a, that's a good idea if, well, yeah. if i can start a business that if you run it poorly it'll still be profitable you can still make money yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> imagine what you could do if you ran it right <laughs> that's funny yeah um, that was the biggest thing i mean it was it was it all came about just based on uh like bottle shares we were doing bottle shares uh every thursday night and that's how we got to know each other. It was just over beer. Um, and our and our other yeah. our other partners, we we met there. Um, and like the, the same thing. BCs exist because Craft Point existed. Um, without Craft Point, we we wouldn't be here. We would have never met. Uh, and and we would we would have never done this. Well, anybody who's got like their their local bottle shop tap room not not even counting breweries that's a whole different thing but you know that 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 place you go to buy your beer to take home mm-hmm. um everybody's got kind of their local spot and with with places now having taps and having a place where you can sit down and enjoy the beer um it 
it becomes a special thing for people. It becomes a whole other separate community around beer that's different from the people that you go to breweries with, and that kind of it gets it's its own little thing. And it's 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 a it's a fun. You talk about bottle sharing and how that um, was a big part of what you guys were doing. That's kind of the same kind of atmosphere that you yeah. get when you go to a place like this. Yeah, you sit down and you're talking about the beer with people that you don't know, or you know somebody you know knows this person, and like it becomes like this little. Um, the community is the best way I can I can come up and to describe it. Honestly, Ohio law has has allowed us to do what we're doing uh, because we get a lot of out of town customers coming in right. to both stores, and it you hear you know I I can't find a place like this where I'm at. Right, this is awesome, and that that's that's the beauty of of where we're at uh, is we can offer both in the same location, and it's been really it's. It's been awesome. Well, and we almost, I mean, we, we think of it as like your neighborhood pub, right? right. Like it, it's a place where community exists. Um, it's almost like Cheers where, where everybody knows everybody. And it, it's really just a hangout. Right. And and that's, I think that's what we loved so much about Craft Point is it is, even though it wasn't like a taproom environment, um, it was able to create a, a community in that, that space that Everybody enjoyed. We really enjoyed that being there and, and drinking beer and sharing beer and talking about beer and um, you know it was just beer life, right? It's hard to explain that to people who don't have something like this close to them. You know, I right. the place that's that's closest to my house is a very large store that happens to have taps in it, and like it's become that's my that's my local bar. You know, that's the place that if I just want to go right. grab a beer really quick after work before I go home, that's where I go. I might buy milk while I'm there too and pretend like I'm grocery shopping, but it becomes like this this part of your your life and part of your normal um, routine yeah routine and it's uh it's something that i like i look at it now and i'm like man how did how did we as beer drinkers exist before all of the stuff was around us how did we like yeah. in isolation <laughs> it was yeah right? like i mean it, it seems like parties. it was the dark ages yeah. like the the beer was still there was great beer around but like if, you're, so if your friends like, weren't super into beer... You were drinking by yourself. Yeah, you, you pretty much were. You're like, oh, yeah. this is exciting to me, but I don't I don't have people around me that are also excited about it. So yeah. it, it really has opened a ton of doors for, for individuals that share, uh, you know, their common love of, of beer and where it's where it's Brought going. a lot of stinky, bearded men out of their basement and Absolutely. into the natural light. <laughs> <laughs> the aromas. The beer vampires. Soak it up, boys. Yeah. Um, if you could... You know, looking back at the the existence, not just of the two years here, but you know, with uh, Westchester too. But if you look back at that, if you could go back in time and kind of grab yourself and give yourself advice before you dove into this, what would you guys tell yourselves? Wow, that's a that's a multi layered question. In that, right? in that time, that like yeah, shit's changed. Oh, like it, it's, it has changed it, a ton. Yeah. Um, I mean, originally when we when we did this, you didn't have the sheer number of breweries right. that we do now, and so options feel, are yeah. I feel like breweries were much more uh, partners when we first started, and now, unfortunately, because of circumstances and just sheer volume of breweries out there, they've become more competition. Um, and not not that I want to compete with breweries, but just having that that information ahead of time. And and knowing that, well, eventually, Being ready for it. Yeah, eventually they're going to become competition. I think I think we would probably done a few things a little bit differently, um, but that would probably be the biggest thing. What what types of things would you do differently? 
Um, I mean, I think it's just about our, our, our tap list, right? Like, I think retail is, is one side where we can represent just about anybody. Um, but as far as tap list, I mean, it, it's difficult now to carry the breweries that are in our backyards because if if people want those beers, they can go to those breweries. Right. They're coming to us because they want the something best tap new, list different. around, right? Like, they come to us for a tap list for all sorts of different beers, all sorts of different styles, and not just one brewery's So do you uh, think, and I know you guys have done some stuff with Sonder, and, and uh, you know, do you, are we going to see more collaborations like that to kind of give people reasons to go to a place like BC's versus a tap room, and then from the brewery's perspective, a reason for people to go buy your beer out versus... I think that's going to be a main focus going into next year. Um, is being more creative with our local brewery community. Um, we did, uh, what, two collabs, three collabs this year? Three collabs this year. Uh, uh, street side. Um, oh, we did two with well, street yeah, side. Two street side and one with Sonder. Yeah, if you count the, the re-release of Bert Got Dumb. Bert Got Dumb. Um, Man, that's <laughs> so good. It does so. It does really great for us. Um, well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, we're all we're all building relationships, right? right. So um, the relationships are a very important part. And I've always I've always considered bottle shops like the marketing arm of breweries, yeah. Um, because it's the unique liquid, it's the different stuff, it's the special, it's the limited, um, it's the stuff where breweries can really shine and and showcase. And that's that's usually what we're like. You can try these things next to other beers too like so if you're a you know Rheingeist or whoever it is and you you really believe that whatever your latest uh, New England IPA is stands up against these other ones that are around they don't this is this is where you can showcase that though like if if you feel that way yeah. <laughs> right well that it's unfortunately it's also it's also too much well it's also a way to let's see the competition right um, we can showcase uh, a and B together and they can see, you know, what's coming to the market. The hops aren't going to change. I mean, you could still work. Everybody's got the same amount of hops. Everybody's got the same versions of hops. Uh, to some extent. What, what's well, a real challenge for us is core beers. That's yeah, hard. It's that's hard a, to put truth on our lines because it we, people have come move. to expect. Right? Like, there's 300 places within five miles that have truth well, on their you lines. Can, you can go down probably to whatever the local bowling alley is, yeah. and there's probably truth And they've truth got on truth on online. So yeah. that, that's really a challenge for us when when breweries set up uh, structures where it's, hey, you know, it, it's a, you put this on, and then we'll give you this. And it's like, that, that's really that's really hard for us because we don't, we don't right. move that stuff very well. Yeah. Our breweries, do they still not understand that though that there are places that aren't they have their they have their own goals in mind right um, i think they're getting it though yeah i think it's changing um there's still a couple that that operate that way but i definitely think uh they've realized who are the partners that are going to move that core stuff and who are the partners that are really out there doing doing the marketing for them well, I, I assume that even if you know you're not putting truth on tap here it's probably sitting over there on the shelf. Absolutely. And you probably yeah. still sell an awful lot of truth out of the, it still, out of the it tap room moves, in some way. Yeah, absolutely. It moves I would hope that they would be able to see things like that. Right. Yeah, and a lot of times you're getting... Um, it's kind of a blanket that some breweries put on us. Uh, they see the market as a whole, and unfortunately they don't piece together uh, specified... Um, uh, metrics for uh, for different relationships. Is that something that is easier with local breweries, getting them to kind of understand who you are Sometimes and what this more is? More difficult. Or? 
Sometimes it's more difficult. Yeah, because everybody's, you know, they want to put us in the same group as like a Kroger's. And, that's, and it's not the same. Well, yeah, well, and I feel like anybody who lives around here and understands what these places are would understand that. And so it's strange to me that... I, and I think, I think sometimes it comes down to um, number crunchers and, and Excel spreadsheets. And it's not... Uh, they, they don't necessarily take into account the relationship and what each individual business right. does and what they look like. So you, you've got these individuals that are just looking at numbers and... And there's a disconnect there sometimes. Right. They've never been in to the smaller accounts that probably support them more, but they just see the the, the overhead. Yeah, the volume. Yeah. What local breweries are around here that are really easy for you guys to deal with and are really fun to deal with? I think we've we created. Won't na- we won't name the ones that aren't, but <laughs> we've created I, yeah, really I mean, good relationships would, with. Um, that's always been our goal: is to create relationships. Like it's it's important to us to to foster good relationships and have good working relationships and we're not we're not out there trying to to hack people off or or make them angry and and just you know we're all in this together and and everybody's learning at the same time we're we're all i mean this is a relatively new industry still so we're all trying to figure it out um we try and support local as much as possible sometimes it just doesn't benefit us or the breweries involved it doesn't benefit the drinker either if if you yeah you know, if you're only experience with, you know, New England IPAs for a long time was just the stuff that's being made locally, it's yeah. not giving you this bigger picture of what that style is and what that style can, can be. Can be. And uh, granted, there's been some great ones really locally before sure. I get the emails. I but um, as, as a drinker, like seeing those things that are happening other places, seeing those trends that are happening other places, seeing those uh, experiments that somebody else might be doing that um, maybe it's not even a, a, a popular thing, but like seeing this other stuff that's happening, that's the stuff that's always pushed this whole thing forward. If you get too caught up in, in just your own neighborhood, you miss out. Well, we really try to focus on the liquid, the quality of the liquid. And and I've had conversations with breweries before where I'm like, the, the liquid's not just there. It does it does us no good to put that on. It does you no good because it's just going to sit there and people are going to see it, that it sits right. there and it sits there and it sits there. Um, and even with some of these new breweries, I always tell them like, don't, we, we don't want your IPA. Right. There's a ton of great IPAs out there. And if I put your IPA, it's going to get lost in the menu. Give me a style that that we only have one on at any given time. Um, and that allows you to shine through what our what our tap list right. looks like on a regular basis. We well, try and give them pointers, too. I mean, that yeah. is as much as we know about brewing. But, I mean, we know good flavor when it when it. Yeah, like it's I said, poured, we're, we're terrible at brewing, but we're really good at drinking. <laughs> we're really good at drinking. We're beer. professional <laughs> drinkers. Well, then you know we've talked a lot recently, um, especially with with Adina and Cellar Dweller and these places like that, where they're finding these ways to make these relationships really work for for both ends of what a place is, and um, being able to talk to a distributor or your bottle shop or whatever it may be. Of here's what people are wanting, here's what's selling, here's what's not, here's what people like from you, here's what people didn't like from you, here's how it stands up to this beer or that beer. Like having that information and like if you can actually listen and um, digest it is a whole other thing. That's part of the problem. um, Like having that information, like it's it's valuable. It's it's Mm -hmm. the stuff that you're not necessarily going to get from Kroger. It's valuable if people want to listen to it, right? It's it's valuable even if they aren't listening right now because sure. maybe one day they will yeah <laughs> well i mean because you, you, you you get you know some people or or you know you get defensive when when there's criticism involved right it's an artwork and right. um it, it's 
you know, criticism isn't isn't necessarily bad. Like sometimes there's nuggets in there that you can take away with and you can tweak things and fix things. Some people don't like to hear it though. Right. Um, you can't be sensitive in this industry. Unfortunately. No, because I mean, there's there's so many different flavors. There's so many different palates. You know, your your beer is not going to be liked by everyone, and so you, you kind of have some thick skin. You you have to have thick skin because if if people are going to criticize your beer, like it's going to happen. Well, when you you talk about you know there's you know a young brewery might open up and maybe their beer isn't the best, and yet people are still going to fill your tap room. People are going to love what you're doing. People mm-hmm. are going to be happy there, and that's a real thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that when you put your IPA up next to Truth or whatever it might be, that it's going to stand up. It's not sure. It's not any sight on what you've done as as a company or as a brewery. Or, you know, like it's still that's still a real thing. Well, and I think I think what we we also do is we're really good educators. So when when people come in and they're trying new styles, we we educate them on the style, but we also educate them on new breweries. And you know, my rule of thumb is I'll check a new brewery out first couple weeks right but then i want to check them back out in like six months right. give them time to get used to a larger system get them time uh to just get get their feet wet and figure out what they're really doing and what they're working with mm-hmm. um because i i think it's a shame to to just go into that that first time you know in the first couple weeks a brewery opens and says this is garbage yeah because i would it, say it might not be the best but but they they're still figuring it out let's well, give them a chance to uh, figure it and out and they're always doing that too like, you know the, there's uh, any beer that you you see that has been around town forever, it's not the same beer as the first time they no, made it. It's, no, it's a constant evolution of trying to figure out what people and, yeah. want and what people like. And yeah, first first couple weeks, six months, and then a year is a good rule of thumb for visiting any new brewery because yeah. there's always going to be kinks to be worked out. They're always going to be learning, and that's you know it's, that's part of the game is giving them chances. Well, right. I, and I, I think so that's like part of the fun of it too. I mean, exactly. that, yeah. that's, I don't know why people get all upset about something. Just go back. It, it's just <laughs> it, it's giving it's giving places grace, right? Like, yeah. and, and saying, "Hey, we're we're learning. Everybody's learning. Right. Like, if, if everybody's striving to get better. So it, it's it's foolish of me to just assume that this is the best it's going to be. Right. And not everybody's a beer certified judge either. So. You know, it's yeah. It's like the guy drinking the IPA that hates IPAs, and he's like, "This is terrible." <laughs> well, okay, so go drink the blonde and <laughs> or like uh, or the stout uh, or whatever or, it is you like. Right? <laughs> or Urban Artifacts pickle beer. I think I've got a uh, a quote from that at one point. Uh, when uh, you know you make a beer that's supposed to taste like pickles, and it tastes like pickles, and people and complain about, about it tasting it. like pickles. So. So we did a good job and made it taste like pickles, but you just hate pickles, so <laughs> fuck us. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That <laughs> spot on. But, yeah. but I think I think people what they need to realize is I I don't necessarily like pickles, but I can get beyond my own dislike to understand that that's a good beer. It's it is it's what it's, it's supposed it's to be. It's exactly what it's right. supposed to be, right? There's there's a lot of beer styles. I I've struggled always with uh, with Belgian something that's over the top, like Belgian estery kind of thing. It's not not that I dislike it. It's just not my favorite thing in the world. See, and that's the but problem. You, but I bet but you know a good one I'm, I'm from a bad one, right? Yeah. You know yeah. a good one from a bad and, one. And like, I'm not going to drink a beer and like, oh, this beer sucks. Right. It's just not because, your, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't agree with you. Yeah. It's just not something you like. But just that's the difference in our palates because that's what I'm looking for in a Belgian beer is that over the top, funky, right. estery 
Yeah, quality. It's like, it's like Roush beers. I'm not. I'm not a big Roush beer fan. I, I'm not I, either. I yeah. say that, but every Belgian beer I've had for probably the last year, they're gonna be like, I don't like Belgians, but man, this is good. <laughs> so maybe, maybe maybe there's just something in my head yeah, that I think I don't changing. like it. <laughs> Drink it enough, and you'll like it. Right. <laughs> um, let's talk about kind of the the bigger picture of what's going on in Cincinnati. You guys have a unique perspective on this industry. Um, what what's Cincinnati doing right? What's Cincinnati doing wrong? In your opinion, as far as Oh, man. Um, a beer city. I mean, I, I think Cincinnati's doing a lot right. Like, there's a there's a lot of high quality liquid coming out of Cincinnati. There's a high yeah. quality of of breweries in Cincinnati. Um, that being said, I think there's a lot of people getting into the brewing industry that maybe should slow down a little bit and and perfect their craft a little better before making that huge jump. Um, a huge jump as far as... It's opening getting a brewery, in, right? Like, I mean, the business yeah. or growing yeah. once you Well, are I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't know that, that... Like, I think we're in an interesting time where you either, you either want to be really big or you want to stay really small. I think that middle ground is where a lot of breweries are going to get into trouble um, because they're going to be... They're going to be too big to, to distribute effectively in this in this market because there is so much beer out there. Yep. And so staying small, you you really create that that uh, neighborhood that, that neighborhood pub like right. atmosphere. Um, people will travel if the if the beer is really good to come see you. It's it's that middle ground where I think I think we've already seen that problem happen. You know, with with blank slate closing and then yeah. old firehouse. Closing if, yeah, they, if they that's weren't a perfect sure, thing. Right? Like it's like this they, weird middle ground of they were you, kind of in which the middle. way do you lean? Yeah, they, they wanted to distribute, how do you lean? but they didn't <laughs> jump all the way in. Um, but their their hometown crowd was good, and so you end up spending a lot of money chasing that distribution, and you're not you're not sure where you're going with it. Um, I've heard rumors too that Old Firehouse is not necessarily out completely. If he can find some investment, he they, they, they may, may come be back. back in. They may come back. So, and I, yeah, the, the rumor mill for you. I mean, it's. Out there. It's that's where we're getting at. Is it's it's it, they're in a confusing gray area where right. they're they're trying to figure out whether or not it's going to work. And if they're not servicing their community, they're not going to work. Right. And everything's hyper local right, right now. Right. Like everybody really is is. I mean, I I I don't know anything outside of Cincinnati, right? Like I don't know what other markets look like, but I have to imagine they're very similar in the fact that everybody is pushing that. I want local. I want to drink my city's beer. Right. Um, that doesn't mean there's not good beer outside of there, but you've got a lot of large breweries that are pulling out of markets. Yeah. Um, you know, your Green Flashes, your Boulders. Um, yeah, Boulder just pulled out. They're just everywhere. Yeah, right, they, because they're not... Which they're is, not, it, it, the whole, it's all weird. It all feels very strange as right. a beer drinker. You know, that was the stuff that um, got people into beer. And then seeing them, like, at this point, we're like, we can't, we can't do this. We need to figure this out. Like, that's, that's scary. Yeah. The, sheer, well, the it, sheer volume of breweries... Is yeah, I mean, insane. when you've got sixty plus breweries in Cincinnati, that's a that's a lot of breweries, and that's right. that's, that's hard to compete against on someone's yeah. someone else's turf. That's not including Dayton, Northern Kentucky, uh, and I mean I even Ohio. Get, just, yeah. just just say Ohio. There's I don't yeah. know how many breweries are in Ohio, but there's a it's, shit ton. It's right? over I think over two hundred. Yeah, at this I mean point, that's right? a, yeah. that's a yeah. lot of a lot of beer coming out of one state. Yeah. Uh, I mean I remember. Uh, it, 
Atwater, if you're familiar with oh, Atwater. Yeah. That was one do, of my first taproom. They used to do, uh, the, they, I, they probably still do, but it was called Decadent. It was this dark chocolate. I didn't have that one. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, but I don't think I don't think Atwater's been in this in this market for probably three years. I think they're around. It's been, they're they're around, but I don't know that they're distributed in Ohio anymore. Yeah, no, I think so. Oh, I have not. Well, I'm, I maybe think, that's really. I, mean, cool. I, have, you I haven't. Probably, I haven't been offered them. I haven't forever. seen Atwater. In, so I'm assuming in it's. it's yeah, so I haven't looked in right. a while. But don't, I, don't buy it. It's old. <laughs> yeah, check the bottle date. Right. <laughs> I won't tell you what stores I've seen it in. Right. <laughs> I would say. I would say that. Aside from. You know, people not, as far as breweries are concerned, breweries not understanding where their role fits into the market. Um, there's a brewery in uh, Indiana, 450 North, that is stealing a lot of market share from basically everywhere. But Cincinnati, Dayton, we get a lot of people leaving to go there right. for their every other week releases. Well, and I think Three Floyds was one of those places for a while, it, too. Yeah, where it was. Making I, the track I feel out like uh, Who Farted was one of those places for a while, and I don't hear the buzz around them that I used As to. As often. Yeah. Um, because it's all been 450 it depends North, on right? their, It depends on the release. Like, if they're releasing Conky Dong, it, 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 you're gone. Sure. Like there's, right. It's going to be a slow day because everybody's up at the Conky Dong release. But I would say that the biggest downfall of breweries right now, and I think this this is a open invitation to anybody that can do it, is overfruited Berliners and hazy IPAs. If they could do a every other week release, you're going to get people coming out of the woodwork. As long as it's good liquid, you're going to get people coming out of the woodwork for that release because they're looking for something closer than 450 North. Well, and everybody's fighting over event space too, right? Like, if if there's five events on a on a Saturday morning, right. like you're all you're all arguing over, it, it's it's probably the same people right. that are right. coming out for those events, right. right? So it's, you know, you're 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 watering down um, your your customer base because it's it's only going to be, I, I you know I don't know what the percentages look like, but it's the same people that go to the releases. Right. It's yeah. not it's not the uh, does anybody need a top off? Rookie drinker. Um, yes, please. All right. Same thing? Same thing, yeah. All right. Samesies. <coughs> so I, I wonder, though, how much of um, these people that are shoving up to uh, a release or driving, you know, two states over to get a beer, whatever it might be, how much of that is because of the actual beer itself and how much of it is just because everybody says this place is something that's that's great? Cause I, I certainly think I, there's a lot of hype. Hype train to it I, right like jumping on that hype train and and saying i want to be i want to be there because this is and, and and let's be honest secondary markets probably drive a lot of that too right right like i'm gonna go get this beer i'm gonna sell it or i'm going to trade it or i'm gonna do secondary markets drive the hype right. um but i also believe that there's probably a, a community part of it like if all my buddies are going over to a release like i want to be there i want right. to bottle share with them in the morning i want to hang out um i know all these uh, people from these online forums that are going to be there that we've we've built these relationships with. Right. Um, so I, I, I think it's both. I think it's both hype, uh, but I also think there's a community aspect to it in in craft beer where people are like, I I want to be there with everyone else that's drinking craft beer. Right. Um, going back to the Atwater conversation. Yes, they still distribute here. Get out of here. Um, so I just punched in my zip code over in Fairfield. You can and get it at Jungle Gyms. Meyer, Meyer, Meyer. 
an IGA. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, I, so I I'm going to bring Decadent in. If you're looking for a dark chocolate ale that's delicious, uh, BC's is going to have it again. <laughs> I, I don't know what beer they're still making these days. I don't know yeah, how I mean, they... That's that's a uh, that's a small uh, <laughs> offering where where it's at, but I mean if it if it moves right, I don't see I that that kind of thing to me like how is that profitable for Atwater? You're at you're at what six locations seven locations? Well, that was just I punched in right. like, within ten miles of Fairfield, yeah. so so but but does it move like when you see when when the average consumer and and let's most most consumers are probably just starting to dip their toe into craft beer because we there's a, there's a lot of people that don't drink craft beer yet um, when you see Atwater versus a local brand that's the thing like who are you I, picking if so I would you know I uh, there will be times where if I see Atwater I might pick it up because I've been to the tap room you're familiar it was, with it's them, right? an experience you know. that yeah. I already had if I'm just a normal craft beer drinker that's never been there. That's how is that gonna like? How do you sell that to me? Like, how do you do no, that? No, there's and there's I, so many local options that I'm probably picking before that because I don't I don't know what Atwater is. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, breweries trying to cut through the noise. Well, it used to be. You know, I, I would go to my bottle shop and you know you do a mix of six and you just get a bunch of beer that you've never had before from breweries you've never heard of and that used to be kind of the thing. And, and, and to some extent, it still is, but it's local stuff. Like I, I haven't even drank everything that uh, came out this week. No, it's, well, it's impossible, <laughs> like, right? There's, like there's like so it's many things to, to drink. Keep up. <laughs> so I, I don't know how then you, uh, if you're a brewery from Detroit, how you kind of jump into that here in Cincinnati and 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 four sell. years ago, not a problem. I think that was easy. I, I don't even. I don't easy is not. Well, but even okay, then, it was still you're right. It was it was manageable because. I mean, I remember seeing Atwater everywhere. Right, everywhere I would go to buy beer, I would see Atwater. I mean, and I know we're just we're just using Atwater as, as right. but there's a lot of breweries like that that a lot have slowly like pulled out of markets because I think I think the industry has become so hyper local that you just can't compete, and it's smart business to focus on your backyard. All right. Well, when there's you know major breweries that like you know Deschutes. Deschutes is, is a good example for me because I don't think it sells as good here as they thought it was going to. Sure. And I don't know how you communicate what that brand is in Cincinnati. Like I think there's a lot of brands like that. There you know are. That, that are big uh, players that have been around. What at Legacy Legacy Breweries is what they call them. That that they're really they're really struggling because they can't turn on a dime like these smaller breweries can. Well, it, even even places that are a little bit hyped right now, like Toppling Goliath is coming to Ohio. Yep. They will be here it's, next week. It's been all the rage from people who like to trade beer. Yep. What happens now when you can just walk into your local store and get it? Does that does that value of that liquid to a beer drinker in change? in my experience <laughs> from this vantage point, it will be hot for a month or two. And then it'll it'll cool off and it'll it'll fade to the background like everything Cigar else. City. Cigar City, Cigar City, everybody yeah. was all excited. High lie, high lie, high lies everywhere, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. And now it's it, you know everything everything cools down a little bit. Now you bit. have to check your dates. Um, <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's well, a that, big issue. That's yeah, that's that's a huge <laughs> issue because it, there, there's two things like how long is it sitting on the store shelves, but then also how much did the distributor buy and how long is it sitting in the warehouse? Um, and so there's. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of beer, <laughs> which is a good thing. But it's you not know, a bad thing. It's, it's a great thing for the consumer. It's it's 
very difficult for any new brewery coming into the state because they're competing with a lot. A lot of them do a really good job as far as either on the brewery level or the distributor level of getting old product out of the marketplace. Um, and I think that's I think that's vital if you want your brand to survive because as soon as as soon as it gets out there uh, that that there are old dates out there that's that's never good. Right. But that's also instant feedback to the brewery too. If you're if you're sending back a bunch of old product, you know what not to send, or at the very least, you know how much to send for the next time. Yeah. In theory. Well, in theory. In theory. In yeah. theory. Um, so going back to the Cincinnati is a beer city. What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Um, what what are we doing wrong that we could do differently? I feel like sometimes you need to buck a trend in order to uh, either change the perspective of the consumer or change the beer industry as a whole. Um, I think some people are trying to come up with a new style um, or, you know, resurrect an older style and well, try I, and perfect it. I give a lot of credit to uh, to Westside for what they're doing out there. These beers, mm-hmm. they, I'm sure they, they sell very well in their tap room, but putting them in packaging and trying to sh- sell a Schwartz beer in Cincinnati yeah. to people who don't even know what that is, like it's, it's, that, get, that gets me excited. We just <laughs> well, had, I, I, think it's, I think it's being... Um, trying to separate yourself it's, it's not being reactionary right yeah. like like i feel like so many times uh brewed ipas great example like they were hot for a second and then everybody started doing hard these. seltzer maybe perhaps <laughs> perhaps please with, uh, well honestly with, mean, with the with ciders right? Yeah. Like right everyone wants to do and and i think i think ciders and, and hard seltzers are attractive because they're cheap to, to make yeah. and so they they become these uh glorified uh profit centers that man, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to have so many, so many seltzers on the shelf. Like, how do how do I pick one over the other? I think um, I think sometimes too, and there's a there's a big shift in the in the industry now to where uh, you're looking at like activity driven uh, lifestyles, and you're trying to still get that you know buzz uh, without all the calories. And a lot of breweries are starting to shift to more of the activity style, lifestyle beers. Right. Um, uh, I want someone to just do a... Avery uh, just came out with a pacer. Yeah, they did. Um, a really good West Coast. Like, let's let's bring it back. Let's bring yeah. it back to the roots. Give me a solid West Coast-styled yeah. yeah. IPA, Green Flash, Stone. Give me that stuff. Um, hot, hot Punch. Uh, Brink did a really good one. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but Brink did a really good one and like that that stuff like be be proactive in the marketplace don't don't see trends and immediately jump on them like well, actually think sometimes about it sometimes it's like, nice to go back to the ogs yeah yeah well you know when people got into craft beer it was because what was out there didn't match what they wanted to be drinking you know that's mm-hmm. that's what got people starting home brewing that's what got people to open the first craft breweries in theory, what got anybody to open a brewery ever is that you thought you could do something other people weren't doing. Sure, and to, better to, to do it. Like that's my like. Yeah, I don't. Even if everybody that's coming in your tap room is like, man, you know, you should you should really make a seltzer. Uh, tell them no. Right. <laughs> like just make. I mean, unless you want to make seltzer, but yeah, but there's a um, lot of money in seltzer. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of money in a lot of other businesses too. Absolutely. You, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, disagreeing I, with you, but I, 
I think that's what's attractive, right? Like these breweries see, like they've got to make money too, and they so they, they see these these products that are like, well, they're not exactly why we got into business, but but they'll make us some money. Um, let's go ahead to, and do to that. What, to what line though? So like, do you guys sell uh, Bud Light here? No. no. Why? There's a lot of money in Bud Light. True. But that's, I mean, that's kind of a line we drew, right? And, like, and that's that's kind of my point. Like, where is where is your line as a brewery? Where is your line as a, as a bottle shop, well, as, I, a, I don't as think a customer? Sometimes like where, it's a means to an end, too, because you could, you can do a hard seltzer and be, and make lots of money, right. which then could fund other projects. And, you know, sometimes that's maybe how you see it is right. like, this or they is don't kind know of what mean, their line is. Yeah. Right? Like, what's right. my line? What, uh, you know, I, I have to assume that every brewery that opened got in this because they love beer and they want to brew beer. So, what is, what, and I don't know what the thought process is to say then, well, well, we love beer and we're going to brew beer. Let's do a seltzer. And I, I think if, I think it's dollars. I if, think it has to come back to dollars. Anything that I think Cincinnati is doing, quote unquote, wrong, it's that there's a lot of places that still don't have a good handle on who they are and 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 what that means to to them as a as a company and as a as a craft brewery. I think that half of them are still babies too. Like it's you're still growing and trying to figure out your place in this market. I, I think you should understand that before those doors I, even open. Well, though. I agree. I think that's what a lot of time when I said like they're. They need they need to think about it more before right. they open as opposed to just opening. I you know you look at places like Urban Artifact who, for better or for worse, before they opened they knew exactly who they were going to be and yeah. who they and they not what, changed right? and where like their line was. They could have they could have made a lot more money in some other areas if they had leaned I think, into that. I think Highgrain is is like that. Yeah. I think Highgrain knows exactly who they are yeah. and what they want to do and what they want to bring to the market. Um, and I don't see that. Nine Giants a good example too. Absolutely, place that, yeah. You know, for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I think you, who you, are. you live and die by what you want to be. And, and I don't think there's any problem with, with saying what, what it is that you want, want your brewery to represent. It's, it's when you're kind of wishy-washy and you don't know exactly who you are and you make these decisions. Well, um, you're following trends. Yeah. As opposed to staying true to who you Cincinnati are. Cincinnati has always been 10 years behind everyone else in the country. Right? Like, <laughs> no matter what we do, we're always... The big beer towns. Yeah, but I mean, not even beer. We're, I'm talking like just Cincinnati in general. Yeah. We're just to, to late some to the extent, party all the time. Yet yeah. in the '80s, we had uh, you know the Christian Moore line coming out that was a craft beer before craft beer was a thing. Yeah. So right. we, we were a little bit ahead of the curve do, at one point. Do you remember? A bit. Uh, do you remember Sneaky Pete's? Um, yes. <laughs> I'm convinced that Bud Light bought uh, the, or murdered the Sneaky Pete's, Pete's Pete. Wicked. Pete's Wicked yeah, Ale. Yeah. Yes. I'm convinced Bud Light murdered him. Because well, I mean, one day he just disappeared. I no, I actually think that somebody, somebody Miller did yeah, Miller buy yeah. him. So and technically, they, they, so they bought him. They and then technically, just like, yes. shoot, done, <laughs> killed him. See you, Pete. <laughs> they they uh, took him behind the the brewery. That was the and, first craft uh, experience I had was whereas, Pete's Wicked Ale. Like, whereas now things are a little different. The you know, AB or Miller will come in and buy you. Um, kill you, but like cut your skin off and put it yeah. on, and then dance around wearing your skin, pretending to still be you. It's like Buffalo it's like the Bob or, uh, <laughs> what's the what's the guy from uh, Hannibal? Oh, Bu- uh, Buffalo Bob, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Bill. Yeah. He puts the lotion on its skin, or it gets the hose. <laughs> That's, that's actually the best like metaphor for what uh, Big Beer does to some of these brewers. Yeah. Um, so you got you. We, we talk about kind of knowing who you are 
do you have to kind of be a little flexible with that as things are changing though too yeah because like i said the the industry today is not the same as it was when you guys opened well and i think that's that's what you're seeing with some of the breweries too is like they they went into this with a goal in mind as to what this brewery is going to look like but then market kind of dictates where you go and it's up to you to either uh you know adjust and you know calculate where you're going to right. go uh, or you die and I, I think sometimes breweries lose sight of that um, either that or they or they're too hard line right like or I, they're too hard line yeah sword. I mean it it's, is it's tough right now like you either gotta you, you have to be flexible but I I think you don't want to be so flexible that you're sacrificing your identity yeah it's kind of picking and choosing your battles. Where do you see all of this going in the next couple of years? That's a great. You're going to see more breweries. I uh, think you'll see more breweries, but I think you'll see more breweries closing too. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, for better or for worse, I think there's going to be a retraction on. Uh, I I still think that for a while we're going to outpace breweries opening versus breweries closing. I, I right? don't disagree, and I think they'll be they'll be like your neighborhood pub type breweries. But the I think nano, at some point, nano style. At some point, um, I don't think mediocre liquid is going to cut it anymore because there's so much great beer out there that I think it'll be hard for breweries that that just settle to really capitalize in Cincinnati or, or really across the country. I think it's right. I think it's a push. I think there's a caveat. I think it's to that I think too. it's bettering everybody. Like yeah. we want to make better beer, we want to make better beer and the breweries that just say we're cool with making this okay stuff. I, I don't think they're going to last. When I was down in um, in Asheville, I did some interviews for the other podcast, Drinking with the Gnome, which if you don't subscribe to that, go subscribe to that. But um, and I was talking to some of the, the breweries down there. And I said, well, how do you guys maintain, you know, this level of, of quality of beer here in town? Like, how does that happen in a city that's as big and as as, as beer focused as, as Asheville? It seems like it's prime for people to come in and just open up a little brewery that, that sucks. He's like, well, we just don't let them. He's like, if somebody opens up a brewery and they're making bad beer, we all go in there and tell them what they're doing wrong and make them stop. Yeah, <laughs> and like, make it better. It see. seems so simple to me. I mean, but but it's like, a- I, like, is that happening locally? Like, are people coming in no. and trying to help I, each yeah, other? Not at all. Or is it still like this? I think um, you're going to see a lot of like nano breweries open. And depending on how underserved the community is, they're going to stay open. Uh, if they refuse to take criticism, then they're going to close faster than they anticipated. Right. Uh, because eventually somebody's going to open in their I don't, backyard. I don't and think the breweries in Cincinnati are as outspoken as that. Right? Like, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to go. That's the other thing. I, I think everybody's kind of walking on eggshells um, to the detriment of some of the new breweries opening. Where they, I agree. And, and, I mean, it's, it's all about feelings, right? Like, I don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, sometimes, sometimes you have to hurt feelings to make them better. Like, it, it's 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 criticism. How do you receive it? Like if I want to, if I honestly want to make you a better brewery, then at, at some point you have to listen to criticism and say, hey, maybe we're not doing this right. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think breweries are doing that at all in Cincinnati. I don't know how many times you need to be told this beer is not very good. Something well, needs some to change. Just don't want to listen. Right? Well, like, that, that, that's it's good enough, and that's my good friends enough, like yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Well, my friends like it. Maybe maybe they don't want to hurt your feelings. 
But, uh, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> but They're telling is, you what you want to hear. Right. It is also possible for you to have a core group of people that comes into your tap room every day and drinks beer that technically is not the best beer, but they like it. Like it's possible for people to like well, bad I, beer. It could be. It could be that neighborhood pub feel. There's a, right. that's where my community's at. Uh, proximity, education I can issue walk too. There, that's super easy. Let me walk there, and I'll just I'll just settle for not. It could be a uh, uh, education. <laughs> like I just I don't know what good beer tastes like, and this is better than, than right. domestic. So this must be really good. Right. Which I I don't think that there's necessarily. I don't think that's a horrible thing. If you are able I to, don't either. If, if you are able to create a a brewery that's providing the right atmosphere, and there's people coming in your door that are enjoying what you're doing. I think that's okay, even it if is. it doesn't stand up with some of the other stuff around you. But don't try to distribute outside of that that area because that's or, not going to work. If right? you want to do it, well, but I mean, you just can try, be ready but, for what might happen. But that, I think I think <laughs> when, you, for the, when those places start spending capital to do that, like that's where they're gonna that's, that's where they're gonna scary, feel it. That's, that's the where the they're, they're gonna hurt, right? Yeah, it's all about knowing your role within the community and within the uh, the landscape of the craft beer industry. I mean, you, you can't be blind and and have that environment, um, and then and then know that you've received some criticism, but be like, you know what, I'm going to blanket the city in this stuff. Right. And then it doesn't go well. Or just like, not listen. Well, people are drinking my beer. They hate us. Mm, no, <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I think it's I think it's, you just need to make better beer. <laughs> or stick to your right. stick to your role. Right, right. right. Stick to what, what is working. Yeah. And, and or they see what's, you know, being poured out of the tap room, and they're like, we're, we're plenty busy out here. I don't know why people aren't drinking our stuff outside of our community. Right. And not realizing that it's not very good compared to their other options and just not paying attention to it. Well, it's, it's hard for us as beer buyers when there is so much beer. Like, there's a limited amount of shelf space. There's a limited right. amount of tap rooms like or, or taps available. Like, I can't put everything up there. And, I mean, the sheer amount of people we see on a weekly basis has probably quadrupled since we opened in 2016. Well, yeah, you, you talked about IPA. It's how can somebody walk into a place like this and say, hey, I'd really like you to put my IPA on tap? Like, even if you make a great IPA, you're not going to put four IPAs up there. They're the same thing. Right. You're, you, you need... I need difference. You need difference. Hey, we like, need to try it. And so, like, a lot of places don't necessarily bring samples. They just walk in assuming that you're going to buy it. Which and is it's ridiculous. Like, I mean... Especially, I if, yeah. I need to try it. Like, I can't I can't just throw it on there. Well, even, like, you look at, you know, when when a consumer walks into a, a bar or a tap room or a brewery, like, they're not just blindly ordering no. these beers. They're they're asking for a sample. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. If, if you see these people that are only spending $5 to, to put it on, yeah. you know, well, in, on or top, in their glass. On top of that, the elephant in the room is untapped. Right. And t- untapped has changed everybody's view on what is actually on somebody's tap list. Um, and unfortunately, we kind of have to pay attention to that. Um, Even though it's not always right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a misperception with certain styles. Uh, and because people in general aren't, you know, beer judge certified. Aficionados. They're judging it based on their personal preference. And... They're dictating what that rating is is going to be, right. and when somebody sees a, a three and a quarter, they're probably not going to grab it unless that's a style that they like. Which and is again, unfortunate, it goes, right? Because it's yeah. not crispy boys, right? Yeah, it goes back to loggers. Like, they yeah. never, they never rate high. 
They never rate. And those are some of the best beers out there. BC's is actually starting a movement for Crispy Boys. <laughs> Crispy Boys Alliance. We're it, coming. It yeah. seems so crazy to me because, like, I don't... I don't like pick a beer that I'm drinking based off of Untapped. So I I'll, never, now, I never look. So I don't. Well, I do look, but like I'll like I'll order the beer and sit down. I look after the and fact. then I, as I'm drinking it, I'm looking to see what people have said about yeah. it. And then, I'm not, you know. Yeah, I'm not looking at the rating. I'm looking at have I had it before. And, and I think and some people it? do yeah. that, but I'm not necessarily looking like as a as a consumer. I'm not looking at the rating. Yeah, because or that doesn't. What is it? Like, that well, doesn't make a difference. But we to me. see customers all the time that they come in and they sit down at the bar. And the first thing they do is they look at the they look at the list and they're flipping through Untapped and they're like, "Well, what rates the highest?" And right. that's going to be what I order. And it's a you don't know yourself because right. you don't know what you like, um, and b you're putting a lot of faith in a lot of other people that the palates may or may not be the same. It's it seems so crazy to me. Like I I agree, but there's. Well, I, well, and they've been trained, though, right? Like, yeah. like people coming into drinking craft beer over the last four years, like, Untapped is a big component of that. Mm-hmm. And so they have trained themselves that every time they go to drink a beer, they, A, look for what they haven't had, and, B, what is the best rated of what I haven't had. And they, I just want that's that. That's how they dictate. I want, that, and especially if I want that tick. If that, especially if they've only got one beer in them before they go. They're going to the highest rate of beer. Yeah. Well, I wonder if you guys get a different uh, a different segment of customer here versus another place. Like, I wonder if you're getting like this this uh, more beer nerd focused kind of group of people because of the the nature of what this place is. I would say it's a nice mix. I don't yeah, know I'd that it's necessarily it's 50, driven. 50. Um, like, I get I get. Or 33, How many? But how many of these people who are walking in looking at Untapped before they're ordering a beer? I would say versus? that's probably a, a minimum, right? Like I, I'd say maybe ten percent. Ten percent of the people. Ten percent seems high to me for. Yeah, but there's a there's a lot of people that that's what they base their decisions <laughs> that, on, right? That like, seems nuts. Um, I, I get a ton of of, of rookies that that. Right. Don't know anything about anything, and we we do a really good job of trying to educate them and, and talking through styles. And That's what we're going to get. And, yeah, see, I'm more um, likely to walk in and be like, "Hey, what's good? What's new? What are you excited about? What do you have that's that's you know tart and light or you know like that?" That's the kind of questions I'm not going. Yeah, if to you've got some first. descriptors on what you like, yeah. then we can kind of point you in the right direction. Well, and I mean, usually it's, it's always a follow up question, yeah. right? Like, it's not. I don't. I don't just say because here's the worst question someone can come in and ask is. What's what's the best beer on the board? Well, everything. I everything. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that, I've got to ask don't you some bad questions beer first. That yeah. maybe if I know you though, and I walk in, I might ask Correct. you that question. If we have that relationship. I can. I know what you like. We've already. We'd have already. We've already had these conversations. But if if I don't know what you like, like I've got to ask some questions. Like, what do you usually drink? What what flavors do you like? What like, kind of beer are you looking for yeah, today? Do you want something dark? Do you want something light? Do you want something heavy? Do you yeah. want something hoppy? I mean, like, like there's so many questions there, there. There is some value, though, too, in people trusting what you like and walking in and being like, what are, what are you and excited about And I won't, I won't right hesitate now? to tell right. them, but I, I need to know what you usually drink first, <laughs> right? Because like, if you come in and you ask me that question and, and you're used to drinking Bud Light and I'm like, oh, I love Chocavesa. Like it's great. Right. Chances are you're really not gonna. I would say there's a high chance that you're probably gonna like, like that. I'm probably gonna move towards you know some kind of pilsner or lager or something light and refreshing that we have on a Kolsch. Um, I'm not gonna go straight to the. Well, I love dark beers, so you should love dark beers. <laughs> but you're used to drinking Bud Light, right? Right. right. That's why we created Buck Light. 
for all those Bud Light drinkers. Well, I mean, you know, everybody has to have that beer that satisfies what they're looking for. Satisfies like sex the in a canoe. Yeah. Um, so fornicating I wanna, in a canoe. I want to. I want to talk about um, big beer and some of these other. Um, things that are happening locally. But first, I want to criticize BrewDog talking about having to look at Untapped before you order your beer. So I stopped at BrewDog last night. The new and one? I, yeah. I okay. had, so I had to look at Untapped before I ordered every beer because they don't put the styles on the board. Oh. Which is crazy to me. Like, so that's a little interesting. Even, yeah. Like, punk, yeah, that's like throwing darts. So Punk IPA is Punk IPA. To me, that's the name of the beer. Right. It just said Punk. And I'm like, all right, I know what that is, but. Like, do people like that are like just walking into Brewdog? Do they know uh, what that is? Do they do they set darts at the bar that you could just throw at the board? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't see the actual surface of the bar because there's so many people crawling all That'd over. That'd be a it. fun idea, actually. No, actually, I mean, like just throw it. That gives me a good got, idea. We've got dice in both locations, and so you get the people that are like, I don't know what I want, and we we have a 36 sided die here, and then right. a 24 sided. <laughs> it's like roll the die, but there are rules. Like if you roll the die. You have, have to, stick to, to take whatever beer you get. <laughs> you can't re-roll it. Now, it, no it can be a taster. That's fine. But you have to take that beer. <laughs> that's fun. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Why wouldn't you put styles up there? I, I like, s- I understand not putting IBUs up there because we don't do that because right. I think it's such a misleading number for most people. Like, the people that come in and say, well, I don't drink IBUs over 90. Well, what does that even mean? Because <laughs> that, that's a that's a worthless number. I mean, you number. could have a... It's a worthless number. Right. Super imperial stout that's you know, 13% and the IBUs are 90, but yeah. it's not going to taste like an IPA. No, you're, not, you're never going to pick up the bitterness. Yeah. But, but I will you, assume that there were probably like little papers laying around somewhere that had all the beers written on them that's too. A, that's a gracious assumption. I, I'm assuming that. But like I, when I walk in, I want to be hey, able Brew to... Hey, BrewDog, put be, the style up there. I want to if be able to look at the board right. and see. Well, they also had like all of their, um, their, their beers that were up on the board, but like these tiny little tiles... And so every time a keg would blow, like Scrabble size yeah, tiles, yeah, like really little. Oh. Like I mean, they're probably not that little, but they were probably about this big. But every letter <laughs> was like a separate little tile, and every time a beer would blow, the poor bartender would have to crawl up there and pull every one of those things oh. down. And then oh yeah, spell what a nightmare that beer. is. Oh, it was terrible. It's like movie tiles. <laughs> hey guys, uh, like it looks cool, but damn, you're not thinking about the people that can, have to do that. You can you can order. Um, so I want to talk about places like BrewDog. So we've got a BrewDog thing that opened here in Cincinnati this weekend. Right. Tap room. Um, I, tap room it's is downtown, right? right the right way to put it. It's in Pendleton, so okay. like, you know, right in the middle of this this little um, entertainment area, I guess. Um, what 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 is this? What's happening? You know, we've got um, I this kind of will segue into kind of a big beer discussion too I mean, because I think, I think you what's guys happening is obviously everyone... still sell platform. We do. Yeah. That's that's kind of there a... There was a lot of internal discussion that went yeah. on with that um, about about platform and and how we... And, and honestly, the, the initial gut was, well, we're not... Right. We're not going to carry them anymore. Um, and... The landscape we, is changing. Yeah, as we discussed it more, like, it, it doesn't do us any favors not to carry platform because all we get, it doesn't... All we get is an attaboy. Attaboy. Right. Way to go. Right. You're doing great. People aren't coming and spending yeah, more nobody, money because you didn't carry Nobody platform. gives a shit. Nobody <laughs> gives a shit if we don't carry platform. Nobody gives a shit if we don't carry Golden Road or Goose Island. Or like Most consumers don't even have a clue what is going on in craft beer. They are just... Or should they? I mean, it's no. not their job to... No, they're just seeking. Yeah. They're just they're does, seeking styles. How does that translate, though, when you've got these 
companies, be it platform or BrewDog or whoever it may be, that then have this tap room opening in Cincinnati or a I mean, the nice coffee thing shop is bar it, thing. It's far it enough away from us that it doesn't actually impact our business. If they were to open within, I mean, I always... Well, so, but from, from a beer drinker side then, you know, to take it back to kind of... Just the, gives them more options. I don't know that it necessarily... It just it spreads the dollar a little more thin than anything because you're not you're not focused on your backyard. Right. You see other options out there and you're willing to to venture out. Um, I, other than that, but I, I think the percentage of the market, like as far as people drinking craft beer, there is so much growth available in craft beer drinkers. Um, I, I think we're at the infancy stage of individuals that understand and drink craft beer so mm. i like like everyone talks about a saturation point and i honestly don't think we're even close to a saturation right. point um but with the number of craft drinkers like there's still competition there right like there's mm. it's such a small number that that breweries are still kind of battling each other but if you look at the the grand scale and the big picture um saturation is even close Right, like the the number of people drinking craft beer, um, I don't know. It's it feels strange. Like I didn't have. I, I Did you know, have a good experience I, there? No, it was busy though because it was it was yeah, it was weekend. new, right? Like, um, but I mean, I, I I don't mind their beer. I don't. I, I think that the space itself is it's beautiful. It's big. I mean, beautiful is probably not the right word. It's a lot of plywood and. Uh, <laughs> Right, you know, shipping containers. You know how their their style is, <laughs> but um, you know it's it's big. They have this big like game loft with like you know video games and board games and stuff. Like, it's a really neat space, but it just feels weird to me. It feels like they're again that that wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing. Like they're pretending that they're something that they're that they're not, and that. Uh, but they want to be but, cool. They want to be hip, right? But like, I don't get that same impression from Sam Adams. I walk in that tap room and it feels right to me. They're they've got a. a, a the, the, the nano brewery right there they've got the big brewery across the street it feels like that should be here but I would I would say that not that not that brew dog shouldn't be here I don't want to no, burn but, any bridges but some some breweries some <laughs> breweries know who they are and their identity and some breweries know that but still want to play the game the, the charade game where no this is really what we are but right. we're not really that right I'm, I'm like they just look at they look at they look at over the run and they want to be cool right they want to be hip and like so that's what they're catering to that's what they had a like a neon sign on the wall that says like pendleton something or other and it's like nobody really nobody uses pendleton as like that's like you pretending like you are right like i i grew up in the (laughs) mean streets of pendleton Pendleton, i've been here the whole time what are you talking about this is (laughs) tr the reality is they're gonna have to reinvent themselves right because i mean if if you are not if you are not honest with who you are as a business or an entity in that area, you are constantly going to have to reinvent yourself to attract the hip customer. Like I want to I want to just I want the the person who's looking for the fad. Right. Um. And I don't I don't know that that's smart business. I don't know that that lasts. I don't know that that's that's an impactful uh, part of that community. I feel like that's the brew dog way though like they they throw a whole bunch of money at it new also, areas that they're in it also didn't help that every beer came in a glass with the equity for punks branding and then a website <laughs> so you could go invest in the brewery every single End of worlds. <laughs> i would like one of those bottles if you could get me the bottle 10, with the squirrel carcass wrapped around 10, i don't think in that the, the new batch that they're going to do i don't think is coming in animals 
I think I heard that they're did, not doing the animals this time. Did about that? I, I'm proud somebody did. I mean, somebody did. It's a squirrel. I there were also by. only like 12 of them or something originally. Right. Like that were in the animals. Yeah. Anybody want to do a bottle share with one of those? Uh, I don't even need to try the beer. I just want the bottle. I want it sitting right. behind my bar. I, w- I, want, I want it, it mounted so on the wall. Or if somebody can shove any other bottle up an animal um, I mean, and give it to me, that. I'll take that too. We could go rabbit right. hunting and just <laughs> stick a bottle in it. <laughs> I don't want to kill the animal. Sorry, I just want the animal. Sorry. Tough. It died of natural causes. It was a suicide. Absolutely, it did. Suicide bunny with a bottle shoved up his ass now. Yeah. He was oh, kind of a, he was kind of a that's dick. That's where the show went. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that hey, rabbit uh, was kind of a dick. He deserved it. Um, where do you see BCs in the next couple years? What is the, uh, the roadmap for you guys? Are we going to see another location are we gonna i I mean i would hope so um i mean that was our goal our goal was to always everybody uh, in northern kentucky just scooted closer to their radio right now um man if northern kentucky didn't have different laws in ohio we would we would probably already be there uh but um we feel like there's still market available in cincinnati that we're focused on first um but our goal was always to move uh to northern kentucky and kind of target everything within a uh, hundred miles, so that that's There's still a goal, grow. but it's it's yeah. it's tricky because the the road the road has changed the the sheer amount of of breweries is kind of dictated a little bit where where we want to go. Um, what we don't want to do is is become casual pint. Right. Um, the options available out there now compared to when we opened Liberty is astounding. But we would have never imagined that. The landscape of craft beer. There's great gas stations. That, which is yeah, nuts. exactly. Is that not ridiculous? <laughs> and and actually, Ohio is very unique. When you talk to people from other other areas of the country, like they look at our gas stations like this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> they do frown on it though. If you pump your gas and then go inside and sit and have a pint and leave your car at the gas pump for the record. Okay, I've heard Should that. I, that. I yeah. didn't know that. I've, that. <laughs> um, I've never tested that theory before. <laughs> Yeah, normally when I'm getting gas, I'm just ready to go. Right. Honey, I'm going to go pay for the gas, and I go inside, and I'm gone for an hour. Right. I had a pint. And I'm going to get a look pint. I'm a growler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's logoed with the gas station. It's amazing. Right. But yeah, that's that's. I mean, yeah, the goal is the goal is to open. We we want to bring craft beer to the people, um, and we want to bring the best craft beer has to offer to the people, and so we definitely have plans to expand. Um, it's just figuring out what makes the most sense for us as far as targeting different areas and different locations. Um, so yes, you will be seeing more, but we're not we're not absolutely sure when yet. Is it still going to feel the same as what the other two? Because the, the I two, hope so. two locations still have the same kind of idea behind them. It's it's a the feeling of both places feels very similar. Yeah, I mean that that's always our goal, right? Like we want we want and the reason the reason you know we. We threw a bunch of really bad names out there when we were first trying to name this place. Right. Um, and I think the reason we went with Lodge was because we wanted that comfort, home, uh, fireside chat, community right. feel to it. And so I don't, I don't ever see us moving away from that feel. So from, from my perspective, um, you guys aren't super close to, to my house either way. I'm getting in the car and I'm going to one of the locations. Either one, it doesn't really matter. Sure. So there's decisions that, like, when I get in the car and I'm deciding, and this kind of goes for tap rooms, too. When I'm deciding where I go to a tap room, it's not because it's the closest one to me. It's because it provides some kind of thing that I want. Right. So for, for a place like this, 
Like, it would be fun if there was something that separated locations from each other. Like, this is the one that has this, and this is the one that feels like this, and, like, a, a, this other personality to it. That's, that's challenging. Just, that's just it, for me. It, it, it's challenging to do that because because you want you want that brand identity, right? Like, you, sure. want, you want it to feel the same at both places without feeling sure. the same, right? And so I think the struggle for us in, in that is... We're really catering to people that are right. five to seven miles away from us. Um, there's not a whole lot of overlap I mean, I'm, in our I'm, customer base. I think there could be though. Like that's why. Like let's maybe think, you know we'll we'll switch it to let's think about tappers. So like Tafts. Tafts has done a really amazing job to me about creating these different spaces that all kind of feel like Tafts, but are very different ideas between the different spaces. I mean, you could start to see some of that change depending on. Uh, the need to fill or the space to fill within a community. Um, you could see us adjust. Uh, the problem the problem is we're in the Cincinnati market right. with both locations. Uh, so beer availability uh, is about the same. Um, we're not changing because of that. So it's hard to separate the two locations just based on, like, if you're looking at the tablets, it's right. hard to separate because we get we get the option to buy the same thing. Um, the locations are different in size. Right? Well, and but, so actually, I think our target when we first did this was we wanted to bring craft beer to the suburbs. So when we opened Liberty, there was there was no options. Nothing. There was yeah. nothing right. there. So that was kind of our initial identity was we want. We want beer in the even, suburbs. Liberty Center wasn't even there. No, it didn't even exist, right? <laughs> well, they were brand new. Right. They were I mean, brand new. They were just yeah. Yeah, doing a lot of construction, still figuring out who their tenants were. Um, but, like, so so really our identity is, like, family-friendly, uh, great craft beer environment. And that's, right. that's what we originally did. The locations so, may look the same, but... Montgomery is very similar. Like we're we're still in a we're still in a suburban environment. Um, I don't know that you'll ever see a BCs in an urban environment. Like it's just. It, I don't think it would. It just doesn't, it doesn't do do the same thing. No, like I, no, you it's, know. it's we don't want to have to change our identity every three years. Like that's that's not um, it's not attractive to us to have to change who we are. Like we. Weird. It goes back to the whole like we're from Mason, like yeah. we, we live in Mason, like that's our that's our home, and those are the people that that are in our community that we really just we want to provide a place where I can go have a beer and my six year old cannot break something for forty five <laughs> minutes, and if I can provide that environment, like I'm happy personally, right. I'm happy, and so that's that's a lot of our customers that come in is is they are. They don't want to drive downtown. They don't want to. Go. That's what we were tired of. Right. Um, we just want a good tap list that we right. can hang out. Now there are a lot more breweries up this way now. So so that's a good thing. There's there's options. Um, good thing and bad thing depending on. Yeah, the I, don't, I don't. I don't. I think ultimately the identity stays the same. Will there be little nuance changes at different locations? Sure. Like here we started. We you know we've got pinball, so right. we do a lot of pinball league stuff. It's a very interesting subculture. <laughs> um, We've got a patio here, so like there was that addition where you know uh, we've got we've got a lot more day drinkers during the warm months. Right. Um, this this space is a little bit bigger, uh, but will it ever feel different at different locations? I, I honestly hope not. I hope that no not, matter not necessarily feel different, but you know um, those little nuance things. I understand, but like 
I want I want everybody who comes into OBCs to feel like they are they are home. Like there's a community here. There's um, they're comfortable. Uh, it 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 just feels like a place that you can hang out. I think it would be fun if you could get people that you know this is their their local BCs, but on a weekend, hey, let's let's you know let's let's drive over to Liberty and go so there we because actually, we actually do that all the time. So we yeah, we, we a have a mug club. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of. I'm aware of it. And and so like the, the awesome first part of this too. day, yeah, like we found a local glassblower that makes all these beautiful mugs. They're like, I mean, they're art pieces, is what they are. Um, but from 10 to 12 today, we had it was a mug club only. Like general admission didn't start till noon, so everybody in mug club got an, an advanced option to try all these right. beers we've got on tap. Um, and like we were packed at 10 o'clock with our mug club. Like and and these are the people that. Like, when you get down to it, support our business the most. Right. And so we do a Mug Club Monday once a month, and it rotates back and forth between Liberty and Montgomery. And so we see large swaths of people go back and forth on these Mondays that are that are part of our inner circle, to say. Um, and they, if you were to ask them, they like each BCs for a different reason. Right. And, and so it's not always the same, even though they're very similar, but they, they've got what they like about each BCs and why and they I come. Think, I think that's where I, like, I, would, I would like to see you guys kind of find a way to really um, display that maybe. Find a way to showcase what what makes these different locations special. You know, it's hard so, through all the it noise, is hard, right? I get, like, it, I get it. Like we're we're a tap room and model shop. Like we try and keep it simple, <laughs> right? Like so people understand what we are, and then here's here's the nuanced why each one is like Liberty is is small and it's it's very homey and it always feels packed and it's right. just this this cheers like atmosphere where Montgomery is like. Liberty, Liberty is like a like a family room, and this is like a rec room. In, in my head, and this is this is the finished basement, and like, <laughs> right on the cul de sac that everybody comes the, to. Yeah, this is where the party happens, um, and Liberty is like where where you have the deep conversation with right. Uncle Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, and like, and and that to me is a good description and a good way to kind of showcase the difference. But they're both the same idea, and they feel very much the same, but they are very like distinct in their own ways. And, like, I, and if, I absolutely and, agree. And if there's a third location, um, how are we going to make that? That's what I would. You know, I don't we, know the. the the patio, you yeah, know, to really dive into the outdoor space or something, you know, whatever it may be, but like you know, th- something that like it's it we're, we're can, maybe looking at that it forms its own identity around this other thing that is. Well, I think it also depends on where we go, right? Like, right. so sure. we we've got well, our, you got to open in Fairfield, so I mean, that's uh, is that is that yeah. next? Is yeah. that next? Yeah, yeah where at in Fairfield? Right, right by my house. You got like, any leads? Yeah, yeah like there's, your backyard. There's a lot like right like the street a mother from me, in for sale. Yeah. behind your house. <laughs> <laughs> I would allow you guys just to take over the bar in my basement right. if you want. A gnarly cot. <laughs> it's really cold down there right now. My furnace right. doesn't work. That's all right. I heard about that. I was, I was reading about your uh, absolute your... misery right now in my house. Uh, first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> One of my two furnaces when, went out. When, when is that oh, getting geez. replaced? I saw uh, it was going to be know. a little, little We're expensive. waiting on them to come out. Oh, yeah. Nuts. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I have a cold, and I'm blaming my lack of a furnace. Right. <laughs> That's what made you sick, right? That's what did it. Not my two-year-old that snots all over me. Yeah, it's probably a two-year-old. <laughs> well, she, I blame her for everything else, so I guess that makes sense. Why not? She won't um, know. 
guys, thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Happy, yeah, this is happy awesome. Happy birthday anniversary. What are we calling it? Is it a birthday or an anniversary? Uh, it's Montgomery's birthday, and it's uh, BC's anniversary. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, I, we appreciate what you guys have done for this uh, this beer community and the the overall beer cityness of Cincinnati. This has become something that, that is extremely important, and I hope you guys realize that and know that there's a lot of weight on your shoulders to not fuck this up. That's there's goal. a lot. There's <laughs> just, a lot of weight on our shoulders. Up, right? Like that's our goal. Don't yeah. fuck it up. Um, but I mean, we're excited. Right, we're cool. happy yeah. to be a part of it. Well, thank you guys very much. Anybody Absolutely. who has not been to BCs, there's two locations: Liberty Center and uh, Montgomery. And you can out, there'll be like a, a little link in the show notes where you can see where they are and everything. But um, come out and see what this place is because it's it is very different than anything else that uh, is happening. Amen. It's not just um, about the beer, and I hope people are starting to understand that and embrace it. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. and Patreon. Do that thing. Go to the the cheers, slash oh. support. Cheers. Cheers, guys.